Today's scripture reading is from Luke chapter 2, verses 1 to 14. That is Luke chapter 2, verses 1 to 14. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling cloths, and laid him in the manger, because there, were, there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the, of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of, of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Word of the Lord. Good morning, Cornerstone. Welcome again to our worship service. We're so glad that you can join us, and I am Pastor Paul, and I'll be sharing our message for today. So today is our second week of Advent, and the theme for this week of Advent is peace. The coming of Christ has brought peace to us. So before we dive in, let us pray and ask the Lord to reveal this peace to us here today. So please uh, pray with me. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we are reminded once again this season of your peace to us. So, Lord, we pray that we can be reminded of Christ and what he has done for us. And may we explore more and more about what this peace really offers us, Lord. So, God, we thank you. We give glory to you. And, Lord, we pray for your spirit to move in our midst today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So when we talk about peace, oftentimes it coincides with talking about war. Leo Tolstoy, a Russian author, author, wrote the famous novel, War and Peace. Martin Luther King Jr. also spoke about peace oftentimes in his speeches as a civil rights activist. Dr. King once said this about peace, but he was also talking about war and specifically about violence. He says, World peace through nonviolent means is neither absurd nor unattainable. All other methods have failed. Thus, we must begin anew. Nonviolence is a good starting point. Those of us who believe in this method can be voices of reason, sanity, and understanding amid the voices of violence, hatred, and emotion. We can very well set a mood of peace out of which a system of peace can be built. Dr. King, as we many of us know, uh, was a hopeful man who felt that progress could be made through nonviolent means 
and especially through pro protest and other actions. In many ways, he was right. And it was because of him and those who worked alongside him where many other civil rights activists in our country helped to bring progress into our midst for blacks and other minorities as well. But we also know that this progress needs to continue. We still see racism. We still see systemic racism and hatred and violence continue to be prevalent in our world. We see it all around us each and every day. And it's not just in these war-torn countries we might think of. It is here, right in our towns, in our own backyards, in our own cities. Just this past year, we had the COVID-19 pandemic, and it's continuing on, and it's raging all across the world where thousands, hundreds and thousands of people are dying just in our country alone. But in addition to the pandemic, we continue to see ex uh, evil exist in many ways. We see it in our political systems. We see it in our government. We see racist thoughts and actions even within ourselves. If we are truly honest with ourselves, we understand and know that we live in total brokenness. And we can't just say it's the world that's broken, that it's just out there that is broken. No, it's, it's us. We are broken. We contribute to this brokenness. And we have been broken from birth because of sin, that the sin that has come into the world when Adam and Eve ate from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, when they disobeyed God and sinned against him, sin and brokenness came into our world. And we can't even attribute all of this evil, all this evil to Satan or the evil one. Of course, the evil one is tempting us and lying to us and leading us away from God. But it is our own fault. The truth is that we are indeed the problem. And because we are indeed the problem, in order for us to be made right, we needed God to intervene for us. And in this passage we read today, we see how God has intervened. This passage in the book of Luke is Luke's account of the birth of Christ. Now, each book of the gospel has a, a similar accounts, except for the book of John. Um, and there are differences and similarities in, in all the accounts and how they tell the story of Christ's birth. But this version of the story has a little bit more detail, especially in the first part of this chapter where Joseph is seen registering in Bethlehem. And we know that as the city of David because Joseph is from the line of David and that is why he is registering there. This is important because this is Luke pointing out that Jesus is the fulfillment of the prophecy that we see uh, back in 2 Samuel 7 where God promises David that each new king would be uh, from his line, from his blood basically. And other texts like Isaiah 11 and Jeremiah 23 also speak of this king or Messiah to come that is from the line of David. So Luke knows this and makes it a point to show that Christ is fulfilling the prophecy. He is the fulfillment of those Old Testament prophecies and he is the Messiah, the Savior that is to come. Then we see Luke give an account of how an angel appears to the shepherds out in a field as they are tending sheep, and they receive this message from the angels saying that Jesus is in Bethlehem, wrapped 
in 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 cloth and in a manger. It's a lot of detail to give. And then the angel, along with other angels, proclaimed this amazing truth. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. The angels declare this truth together in celebration because Jesus is born. The Messiah is now here. The prophecies are being fulf- is being fulfilled right now. God has intervened in this dark world, and we saw this darkness throughout the Old Testament. We see countless wars. We see enslavement. We see exile. We see constant disobedience to God and worshiping of other idols and, and only bringing chaos into the world and God's wrath into our world. But God has intervened through the sending of his son to be the one to be one of us and to be the one to save us. And the angels, they proclaim glory to God. And now we have peace on earth. Now you may think, wait, we don't really have peace. You know, Pastor Paul just mentioned there's a lot of chaos and war all around us. And that is true. We still have racial injustice. We have war, genocide, sex trafficking, all these horrible things in our world. But we have to take note of the last part of the angel's proclamation here, where it says, on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. This tells us that it's not going to be for everyone and that not all humanity will experience this peace. It means that there will still be some chaos in our world. So even for those of us who believe in Christ's birth and life and death and resurrection, when we believe he is our Lord and Savior, we as Christians, we actually don't even fully experience this peace. It is only when we experience God in full glory in heaven where we will truly experience this peace. We only get a small glimpse of it here on our time on earth. So let's kind of dig into what this peace we have received is all about and this peace that we can experience even right now as followers of Christ here in this place. So first, the main purpose of Christ coming down to earth was to bring salvation to his people, to save us. Jesus had to come down in order for us to be saved. There really was no other way because any other way would contradict the nature of God which is impossible. God cannot contradict himself. He is incapable of that. That's why God can't make a rock that he can't move. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't um, uh, meet God's requirements of not contradicting himself. The statement itself is contradictory, so how could God, who has no contradictions, be able to create a rock he can't move? Of course, he can't do that. In the same way, the only way for God to be both a God of justice And a God of love was for him to send Jesus to become man. Because only man could pay the debt of man. And and he took our place, he took our punishment, and he satisfied God's wrath. God, out of his love for us, sent Jesus to die for us, to satisfy his wrath, because we sinned, and that that sin demands justice. Just like if we were to commit a crime here there would be some type of justice. 
For a serious crime, it'd be a serious punishment. For a not-so-serious crime, maybe a lighter punishment. But what Jesus did was he took the blame for our sins, all of our failures, all of our shortcomings, and he took the penalty of all of that. And the penalty of that is death. When we sinned against God, the penalty was death. We were rebellious towards him, and we chose idols over him, and we deserve his wrath as a result. We do indeed deserve to die. Because when we had the opportunity to choose God, we did not choose him. We could not because of our sin. But Jesus, as our substitute, dies for us. He died for us. We were supposed to get the death penalty, but Jesus, instead, he took it for us. So God, through Christ, satisfied his wrath and showed his love for us. So the first way we have peace is we have peace from death. We have salvation from death. We should have, again, gotten the death penalty, but Jesus, as our advocate, became our substitute, and our sins are washed away by his blood. And we are justified and made righteous through this sacrifice that God has made for us. As a result, now we have a reward of eternal life. We have peace because we, have no, we are no longer condemned to hell and death. We have been saved. We have been given this amazing gift. Even though we are broken from birth, we now have peace from death because of what Christ has done for us. Now, this peace from death only happens because, like I just, just mentioned, we have been made right with God. Our relationship with God has been made right. Romans 3.22 says, We receive the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. So because our relationship with God has been made right, we also have peace with God. Romans 5.1 also says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. This peace with God gives us assurance that we are now his children. We are adopted into his family. He is now our father, and, and he is not just our father. He is also our friend. And we don't need to fear our father, and we don't need to be afraid of our friend. This peace with God protects us from our anxieties, our uncertainties, our confusion. And of course, that doesn't mean we, that doesn't mean we won't feel those things ever in our lives. Of course, we, we, we feel that every day, even especially during this time, during the pandemic. I'm sure a lot of us feel anxious and worried and, and unsure of what the future will look like. But it means that through it all, we know that he is with us. We know that God is for us. We know that we have peace with him. And sometimes it seems unexplainable. It seems irrational why we have this peace. But it is this peace knowing that God is going to provide and he's going to make a way for us no matter what happens. That is what God gives us when we trust in Christ and believe in what Jesus has done for us. Jeremy Camp, the singer-songwriter, he endured an enormous tragedy at a very young age, at the age of 23. His wife at the time, he, he got married at a young age. His wife at the time was 21, even younger than him, and she was diagnosed with ovarian cancer. Now, initially, there was hope because although her diagnosis was initially considered terminal, after a while, she, she was found to be cancer-free. 
Everyone thought it was a miracle, and they thought this was going to be a great testimony of what God had done through healing his wife. But a few months after that, actually after they came back from their honeymoon, uh, they found out that Melissa's cancer had returned, and she would actually soon pass away after that. In response, Jeremy Camp wrote the song, I Still Believe. And let me share the lyrics to the chorus of this song. It speaks to Jeremy's peace with God. He says, I still believe in your faithfulness. I still believe in your truth. I still believe in your holy word. Even when I don't see, I still believe. Even after he endured this great loss, he believed. And these words that Melissa said to him helped him really uh, see the peace he had with God. And this is what she said. She said, if one life comes to faith in Jesus Christ because of what I go through, it will all be worth it. Jeremy and Melissa found their peace with God because they knew and know that we are secure in Christ because he came for us. He died for us, and he promises to continue to do good on our behalf. Even when we don't see, we can still believe. This is what the coming of Christ is all about. This is what Christ has done for us when he came to us as a baby boy to live and die for us. If you can't tell, this peace with God is transformative. It is what truly gives us this assurance that God is making things work for our good. So what this peace of God does is it also gives us peace with each other. It allows us to live peaceably with others. Romans twelve eighteen says, if possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. I know that for some of us, uh, our families can be a source of pain, even though we hope that it would be a source of joy. We know that for some of us, it is a source of pain. Some of us uh, have this pain that goes back many years with our family, many painful relationships. Some of us um, have family members who have been unable to reconcile, and maybe you don't see even now a a place where a peace can be found. But we know in Christ, peace is possible. We have seen that even from uh, those, those of us in our church community who have found peace in their families, where uh, God worked miracles in our families and brought peace to previously broken relationships. We know that God can, can break the bitterness and hate and bring peace within our families and our friendships. And it is only by God's grace that we can receive this type of peace. And that is the power of what God can do for us in our relationships. So for brothers and sisters who are going through broken relationships in your families, know that God can work through it and bring peace to us. He has done it before and he can do it again. And let me just share uh, how God brought peace into my family. And there wasn't any big brokenness in our family, but I could sense God working through us. For me, I grew up in a Christian family. Uh, By the time I was born, my parents became Christians years before. Um, And at that point, they had really dedicated their lives to Christ. 
and I've shared about my parents uh, previously, a few years ago. But those of you, who, well, those of you who have never heard of of of, of our story, is uh, my parents uh, grew up very difficult life here in the United States. They came here with very little money. Uh, they had to borrow money to to start a business, and they worked very very hard for many many years, working twelve hour days, six days a week usually. And my dad, he was not the most business savvy business savvy person in the world. We never made a huge amount of money uh, in our lives, but he worked hard. And so he was able to provide for us. But I also know that there was a lot of stress with owning a business. They always dealt with customers and meeting deadlines and just worried about their business constantly. And this brought a lot of stress for my parents and, and especially my dad. But through it all, I could always sense my dad had this sense of peace. Of course, I could sense that life was not easy. I knew that there were certain situations where things were not going well. But no matter what, my parents brought peace into our home. Even when my dad was sick and my mom was sick, we never thought that anything was wrong. They never brought this frustration and stress to the family. And even when we are aware of the difficulties where uh, business might not be going well, where my mom may be feeling ill, my dad may be feeling ill. They always assured us that God would make a way. And we would just pray that God would provide for us. Now, I share this story because experiences like this were so important to me, where I truly felt our family trust in Christ. Maybe not me personally, but my parents really trusted in Christ, and I could sense the spirit of Christ in my family. And that doesn't mean that we were perfect in any way or we were all holy schmoly. Of course, we had our problems, and, and by, by no means, of course, uh, our family still struggles with faith even today. But the peace of Christ has truly the power to change our families. When we put him first, when we trust in him, we experience that peace. It can change our families. It can change our relationships. That's why it's so important for our families to focus on spiritual growth and health. The peace we have with God should resonate in our homes and should bring us to greater worship, greater dedication, desire to serve our brothers and sisters, to serve our Lord in all that we do. When things get hard, we don't take it out on one another or blame one another. We make the focus Christ, and everything else comes after that. Because what is more important than having the peace of Christ in our homes? When we put Christ first, we experience his peace in our families, and that has the power to transform our families. Families who do not follow Christ cannot have that. They cannot be fulfilled fully in that way. If you leave Christ out of your family, if Christ becomes a peripheral figure in, in your family, then there will always be something lacking. There will be an intimacy that is lacking. Something will always be missing. Because if all we care about is uh, what our family accomplishes, what how much money our family makes, what uh, our reputation of our family, upholding our family name, is that, if that's all we really care about, what happens to all of that when we die? Like the author of Ecclesiastes says, we, we know this very well from going through it. It is all chasing after the wind. It is only when the spirit of Christ is in us and we surrender to Jesus where we experience life to the fullest. Again, that doesn't mean it will always be good or easy, 
but it means that we will have peace within our souls. No matter what happens, we have the peace of Christ in us. And that is what carries us forward. And this isn't just about families. This is also about our friendships, even with our even our relationships with strangers and neighbors. And I want to share this video of a man uh, named Brant Jean, who, whose brother, Botham, Botham Jean, was shot and killed sometime last year. It was a high-profile case that you may have heard about, and, and you may have even seen this video. But, and, and, but I wanted to share this because I've, I've shared a similar video in the past of an, a story that is relatively similar to this. But this one I wanted to share uh, because the brother speaks to the killer. Uh, in court for a victim impact statement. And what he says and does is extremely powerful and shows the peace that this brother Brandt has in Christ. So let's watch this together. I don't want to say twice or for the hundredth time what you've or how much you've taken from us I think you know that but I just I hope you go to God with all what all the guilt all the thing the bad things you may have done in the past each and every one of us may have done something that we're not supposed to do if you truly are sorry i know i can speak for myself i i forgive you and i know if you go to god and ask him he will forgive you And I don't think anyone could say it. Again, I'm speaking for myself, not even bad for my family. But I love you just like anyone else. And I'm not gonna say I hope you rot and die just like my brother did, but I see I I personally want the best for you. And I, I wasn't going to ever say this in front of my family or anyone, but I don't even want you to go to jail. I want the best for you. Because I know that's, what, that's exactly what both of them would want you to do. And the best would be give your life to Christ. I'm not going to say anything else. I think giving your life to Christ would be the best thing that both of them would want you to do. Again, I love you as a person. And I don't wish anything bad on you. I don't know if this is possible, but can can I give her a hug, please? Please. Yes. 
We see how Brant forgave this woman who had taken the life of his brother, who was simply in his own apartment. For context, a woman who was a police officer in Dallas, Texas, shot Botham Jean in his home, thinking that he was intruding in her home. She was confused for some reason. And obviously there were protests and, and accusations of racial prejudice when a man in his home is shot, a black man in his home was shot by a police officer. And the question was raised, who would, he, would she have shot him if he was white? Now Brantz, because he had peace with God, could find the capacity to forgive this person who took the life of his brother and even hug her. Now unfortunately, Throughout the hundreds of years of our country, black people have had to forgive white people for things like this time and time again because of these inexplicable acts of violence and racism. And, and they shouldn't have to. Uh, this shouldn't have to be the case. And many of them have been only able to get through this because of the peace of God that is with them. And many of them are still getting through it even now today because of the peace that Christ has given them. We know that this peace we have received is not complete. It is not perfect at all. Not not yet, at least. Just through the stories of Botham Jean and most recently uh, the story of George Floyd and others, we know that our world is not at peace. That is why we anticipate and wait for the second coming of Christ where peace will truly be on earth. We, we, we wait for that day. We long for that day because of all of this that we see around us. And that will not happen completely until he returns, until Christ comes back. We know that peace is possible because we know that Jesus promises to return. We know that wars can cease, but without Christ, it cannot be completely or fully done yet. So we wait, we pray, and we trust in Christ. And having the peace of Christ means trusting him and surrendering all to him, following him with our lives. And we know, I know we struggle with this. We struggle in this because we want to be our own God for a while. We want to do what we want to do with our lives. And we don't want to think that we have to worship uh, God or, or anything else besides ourselves. And that's what causes greed to take over our lives. That's what causes selfishness and pride and, and hatred and racism. But when we see God clearly, when we understand what Christ did for us, we become thankful. We become more selfless. We grow in gladness. We grow in peace. So, we, so may we be a people of peace. May, may that peace permeate our homes. 
and all of our re- relationships, not just, uh, not just so that we can forgive those who have wronged us. That's what our brother Brant did. But may we also seek justice for those who are also wronged. Just because we anticipate the second coming of Christ doesn't mean we seek peace here on earth. Like I mentioned in Romans 12, it says, may we be peace- live peaceably with others. That means we should strive for peace here and now. May we be agents of peace in this world. That is what Christ calls us to do now here in this earth. Because we have received this peace in Christ, may we now share that peace with others and try to seek justice and peace in this world. That's what people like Dr. King tried to do. So let us speak on behalf of the oppressed, the widowed, the poor, and the hungry. Let us speak out against racial injustice and even proclaim that black lives matter because, of course, black lives matter. But at the end of the day, as Brant Jean asked a killer to give her life to Christ, only Christ can truly offer peace. So above all, let us point people to Christ. For it is because of him the angels declared, and now we declare as well, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. May we live out this peace in our lives, brothers and sisters. Let us pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have made peace with us. And because you have made peace with us, Lord, we have peace from death. Lord, we have peace with you. We get to experience you. And now we can also have peace with one another. Of course, Lord, we know that this peace cannot be perfect. It will never be perfect until we experience you in in glory in heaven, Lord. But, Lord, we know that things can get better. There can be progress. Our country has shown that there can be progress, even among, even in the midst of systemic racism and injustice. But, Lord, we know that there can always be more to be done. So, Lord, may we as Christians be the agents of peace. May we give to others. May we give our, our money, our energy to those who are less fortunate than us. May we stand for what is right. May we speak out against injustice. May we speak on behalf of the poor and the widowed and the oppressed. Lord, use us to to make peace in this world. And Lord, most of all, may we uh, point people to Christ who offers the ultimate peace. So Lord, may we continue to share Christ, share the good news. Because, Lord, that is why we celebrate this season, to celebrate this good news and to also anticipate your coming. Because, Lord, we know that we truly long for the day where we can have peace on earth, total peace on earth. And so, Lord, we ask that you would continue to bring your peace to to this world through us. May you use us. And, Lord, may you continue to work in this world for your glory. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for this peace in our midst. Lord, may we all experience this peace here today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, brothers and sisters, for joining again. See you next time.